Hi, this is Dawn Riddler, the Wealth Ecologist. The topic of today's podcast is, so, you want to move your money offshore? I know I've written on this topic before, but after a year of undoing the mess created by knee-jerk reactions people have made from buying the toxic Kool-Aid pushed by certain local pundits around South Africa, its prospects and investments, I think it needs revisiting. Obviously, the unrest and rioting in the last few weeks has not just brought the fears back to the surface, but all of the ants out of the woodwork who are more than happy to profit off your fear. I'm recording this podcast in July 2021, if uh, that doesn't make sense to you right now. The problem with knee jerks is that they can give you a nasty, sometimes permanent black eye. So instead of giving you vague and useless advice and telling you to speak to your financial planner, which of course you should, I will just preface this with a disclaimer, then wade in with some of my secret sauce. This post is not advice. This podcast is not advice. In fact, it's one of the loopholes afforded by the FSCA to radio and TV media that usually tries to stop the false and incorrect advice being given to, to clients by, by advisors. And they have to be registered in order to do so. It is not a cop-out to say that every single person's advice on this topic will be completely different. So unless you're very knowledgeable on offshore investing and tax and the state duty, societies, trust jurisdictions, mutual funds, etc., please don't be a penny pincher and try and do it yourself. Penny pinching can also hurt in the same place you find your back pocket. Okay, so this is how a sensible financial advisor would go about it. The first question they would ask is, what are your long-term objectives? For example, A. Want to live and retire here, here being South Africa, but I want to travel, maybe help my kids offshore, etc. B, I want to have my base here, being a South African resident, tax resident, but I want to be a global citizen and travel and work extensively elsewhere. C, I'd like to stay, but I'm worried about being left penniless if we go the Zimbabwe route. D, I want to start emigrating over a certain period of time and, and within. D, there are a number of scenarios. First prize, I know where I want to go. I have citizenship. I want to go in X number of years, and I know how much it's going to take to live there. Great. Let's put a plan together. Next, there's the person that says, I think I know where I want to go, but I know very little else. I don't know what funds I'd need there. I don't know what benefits I would get. I don't know what rent or medical would cost, etc. This is when you should stop talking about it and make a plan. Sometimes it just makes a person feel better to say that they're thinking of going, but have actually no intention of doing so. So it's just a topic of conversation. We all have friends like that. Don't be that friend. Then there are those clients who say, I don't have any citizenship options. I'm stuck here. With various levels of response from, I don't care, I'm happy here, to the eternal whinger. Firstly, it's not true. Citizenship can be bought often for far less than you think, especially for retirees. Your planner will be able to tell you about this. Then you'll get the person who will say, I want out and right now, and no, I don't know where I'm going, but I have to go. I'm so sorry that you feel that way, but you don't need help from a financial advisor. You need help probably from a coach. I've had this conversation with a number of people in the past and realized it's not a financial decision. It is an emotional decision. As a financial coach, I can give you options. I can tell you how to do it. I can calculate how much it's going to cost you and perhaps point you to places where you can buy citizenship. But jumping in and then building your wings, which is what this sort of person wants to do, often ends 
very badly. The next thing we can do is put a plan in place with timeframes. And what we want to do is to make sure that your wealth aligns with your objectives. That sounds really fancy, but all it means is that we have to make sure that your wealth is invested properly in the right places so that you can achieve your dreams. This can take a few years, and especially if you want to minimize the tax implications, but it's well worth the effort. When drawing up the plan, we make sure your investments and the asset allocation, locally and offshore, start to align with those dreams, goals, objectives. For example, if you want option B to be a global citizen, first identify how big your local pension pot needs to be to sustain your base and travels and then build that first. You can obviously do this concurrently while you're earning and phase in retirement over time, but there will come a time for everyone, whether you're 55, 75 or 90, when you want to or need to stop or slow down your hustling and draw down on that pension pot, and it needs to be in place. If you're in retirement or close to it, then the asset allocation of the plan needs to align with that objective. The asset allocation, that is the mix of the different types of assets in the different locations. I'm not going to go into asset allocation in a lot of detail, but I will podcast on the topic sometime in the future. And I also have blogs currently available on the topic, which you can find on my website. Everything that is in excess of that pension pot can be shifted offshore, if that's what you want. Each option has a different and often radically different plan. Now, remember here, we're talking about a global citizen. I'm not going to talk about all the other options options, but I'm just giving you an idea of what we would do with a global citizen. Don't underestimate the importance of running tax scenarios. Not only is there local and offshore tax, but forex, an estate duty, tax residency, local pensions, capital gains, and they all need to be considered. And this isn't just from a financial perspective. Estate duty for non-residents, in many jurisdictions like France and Germany, very onerous. Ours is 20 to 25 percent. In other jurisdictions, it is north of 40 percent. A current trick of some brokers playing on the fear of a South African Armageddon is to get clients to retire from their retirement annuities from the age of 55. Now, these retirement annuities can already have a 30 percent offshore exposure, but this isn't good enough for some people. Those retirement annuities or preservers can be then retired from and placed in a living annuity, which can have 100% offshore exposure. These offshore funds, by the way, are RAND nominated. You can't take them properly offshore. When you retire from it, you can then take a drawdown of the full 17.5%, and uh, you can take that annually and upfront, and that can be pushed offshore. That can be pushed offshore. Drawdown is just a fancy name for the percentage of the capital you can take every year out of a compulsory pension, compulsory annuity, living annuity, which ranges from 2.5% to 17.5%. This is considered income by SARS and can result in a hideous tax bill. Because income from a pension is taxed at your marginal rate, you can lose 40 to 45% of that drawdown. Tell me, what would you tell your financial advisor if he explained to you that for every million rand you've accumulated in an investment, you'd automatically lose 400,000 rand? What's that? 
maybe you may get the response from from your broker that yes but the rand depreciates every year and you'll make it up the fact is we really have no idea where the rand is going now in july 2021 the rand is currently at 2015 levels your broker is going to have to do a hell of a lot more than say to you oh you'll make it up with a depreciation of the rand to to try and cover up that that 40 percent hole it will take you years just to get back into the same place. When you're looking at a quota proposal, check if there are any proposed investments that are acquiring a term. A term is that period of time where you cannot touch the investment, and this ranges from five years upwards. I've recently just seen a term that expires when you turn 90. When you consider how few people really get to that date, that's actually appalling. Are there any investment proposals in fancy trusts or quasi-trusts, etc.? Spoiler alert, those are expensive. I've also come across offshore investments that purport to be like our retirement annuities with tax benefits. Read the small print very carefully. Get your certified financial planner to read the small print very carefully. A lot of them are just BS in disguise. Where and how are you going to invest offshore? Watch out for vested interests. Are you being recommended funds that the provider or recommender owns or runs or has in, an interest in, right? And that often comes when you have an entity that has offshore arm. My preference is to use a platform or provider that has zero links to a South African organization and naked assets that are owned by the client and not by the institution. Just a caveat here. This is just for now. If the Americans come looking for a state duty or CITES, then everybody's going to have to, to rethink this model. At the moment, they don't. This isn't paranoia. The current government isn't beyond dumpster diving in the national government's bag of tricks. Anybody know about prescribed assets? There are a bunch of other nasties they could call on. The financial rand, removal of all forex allowances. Do you know that we're still in the minority when it comes to any exchange controls at all, and a minority even in Africa? My personal preference in terms of a, a location is Switzerland for a whole bunch of reasons, specifically that they are what I call tax agnostic. In other words, South African tax applies with no substantial withholding tax. South African wills apply and there's no double taxation, etc. South African resident can open a bank account in Switzerland, in some Swiss banks, without leaving the country. Those funds can be invested globally in their name, shares, commodities, mutual funds, ETS, crypto, all countries, all regions, numerous currencies. They also have the oldest, most stable and robust banking systems in the world. You know me, diversify, diversify, diversify diversify country, regions, asset classes, currency and sector at the right time in the right proportions. If you have a broker, because no certified financial planner worth their salt would do this, it merely says how much you want to push overseas and here are a bunch of our mm, expensive funds that you need to choose from. Run a mile. The one question I always ask is do your offshore funds have to produce a sustainable pension slash income. Sustainable means that the capital remains intact. None of us can predict our expiry date. So planning to use your capital over 20 or 30 years has the very real danger that your money runs out 
before you're put out for recycling. Nobody wants that. And as a planner, I never want to sit in front of a client in 20 years time and tell them that their money is running out, even if I have told them that that's what's going to happen 20 years previously. The need for an offshore investment to produce an income is one of the most problematic planning issues we have at the moment. In South Africa, we can get decent yields in investment from a number of sources, specifically bonds, mostly corporates, but occasionally a government bond, some high dividend companies, REITs, where appropriate, there are a couple that have bounced back post-COVID, but many are still in the doldrums. A portfolio can be designed to use this yield and provide an income, which is called a drawdown of around 4.5 to 5% of the capital per annum. In other words, we draw down some of the yield and we put back an, another portion of the yield so that it can compound and the capital can grow. And that's the only way to get it to sustain. Offshore, the yields are at multiple decades low. And if you try and replicate the South African model for yield offshore, then the drawdown you need drops to half a percent to one percent. If you want more than that, you're going to have to take out of the capital and hope like hell the markets keep on growing every year to fill the hole. After 11 years of a bull market, that's maybe an assumption that a lot of people are making, but you then have to assume that the cycles of ups and the downs are broken and it's going to go up forever with never coming down. All of the above can form part of a dynamic plan with scenarios, tax projections and target dates, which will need frequent oversight. This way you can have the best of both worlds, an assured income, if that's what you need, and the right offshore exposure for your objectives. And, big caveat here, without giving Tito large chunks of your hard-earned investments or pension. That's all from me today. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and I will see you soon. Bye.